Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Jack can slam me with his big fat dick. <laughs> you know who's not polite society? You. Hello, you are listening to Grape Culture, the podcast where we talk about feminism, pop culture and wine. I'm Kim. I'm Sam. And you're listening to season six. <laughs> we are back for season six of Grape Culture. Season fucking Shit six. Shit the bed. <laughs> season six is baffling to me. Like... Yeah. I feel like we started this like three weeks ago. Three weeks feels a little bit too close, but like definitely if you'd told me that we'd started this like a year, two years ago, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that tracks. Season six. Well, aren't you a lucky bunch? Yeah. We are back with another probably somewhat disjointed and rambly season. But that's what you're here for, right? Yay! Hey! So we obviously took a break in between season five ending and around Christmas and New Year and, and we're back uh, in 2024 to bring you some more shit it's now 2024 small bomb what have you been doing what have you been up to <laughs> have you been filling your days without the podcast mostly sort of crying bleak um, <laughs> no i had a very lovely break over the christmas period Good. Um, which was of course delightful and then 2024 came and boy did it come hard <laughs> um, all over your face <laughs> mm, yeah so i have been working and reading and playing fay farm what is Fae Farm? Fae Farm is a Switch game and it's all I actually care about right now. <laughs> the fact that you're here and we're doing this is, is really like... I'm torn you away from Fae Farm. It's really cutting into my Fae Farm time. I am sorry. Our it's, listeners appreciate it. Your yeah. sacrifice. It's, yeah, it's a magical farm simulation game and it's great fun. So is this your way of coping with the world as you're dissociating and playing cosy games? Yeah, same time yeah. last year. Yeah, nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So last yeah. year it was Zelda yeah. for about three months. <laughs> So many Koroks. Um, this year, yeah, this year it is Fae Farm, but it's slightly less all-consuming in that I have also been able to, like, read books and do stuff. But, right. yeah. yeah, that's me, to be nice. honest with you. Oh, also, apparently, for some reason, signing up to shit tons of sporting challenges. Racing and... Hiking. Hiking and... Yeah. Maniac. Yeah. Maniac. That, that's my thing now, guys. How about you? Well, well, I haven't really been signing up to sporting things. I'm doing one of those things where you get a medal for just walking about. So that nice. counts. Love those. What else have I been doing? Don't know. Sewing. 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 Yeah, I've been sewing. Well, I'm doing a sewing class to know how to do sewing. Which is well cool. Love is, that journey for you. Yeah, making a cushion. So everyone's getting homemade shit this year, whether they want it or not. Nice. <laughs> nice. And I've been associating and reading smart instead of doing cosy gaming. So, yeah. Although I have been playing Pal World, which I was telling you about the other day. You were, yes. Yeah. Pokemon, but kill them. <laughs> which seems not very cozy. Harvest their energies. And harvest them. Bleak as fuck. Any, I know we're into February now, any resolutions for this year? Yeah, because I want to run a particular race that mm-hmm. um, is near us. That You get a special medal if you do all three of them. Yeah, you do. Uh, throughout the year, so I want to do that. Or run 5k in 30 minutes. It was mostly that I wanted to watch less trash TV and kind of just lean into all the joy and stuff more and do a bit of like personal development and maybe write something. I like it. And yeah. How's the writing going? Oh, superbly. I've done (laughs) so much writing. Let's blame Faye Farm for that. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Definitely. But yeah, a a couple of other ones that I can't immediately think of, but the main, the main vibe is leaning into things and... I like it being creative and enjoying things what about you survive (laughs) yes and 
otherwise just vibing yeah with the moss nice yeah thriving not surviving is the tagline i think fair enough for me and my workplace goals and personal goals live laugh loving live laugh loving life we should point out that is a joke that is a joke i am not live laugh loving life but i am live laugh loving this podcast so there you go i will say a programming note that we didn't get to earlier which is that in the last couple of years we've done some sporadic breaks based on our sort of capabilities in the situation we've decided to be slightly more planned so we will be doing this season in two parts we will be having a summer break probably from sort of june july time Mm -hmm. when we'll take probably about four to six week break and then we'll be back for return to school autumn time yeah to give us a bit of freedom especially when it gets really hot like being indoors recording the podcast is not the favourite thing. No, especially Things... with all the windows shut because there's yeah. noises. Yeah. And pop culture tends to dry up a little bit around that time anyway and it all gets a little bit sleepy. So Might we'll be on the Amalfi Coast. Yeah. Wine instead. Not yeah. that we will be, but we might be. We might have won the lottery. But yeah, so we yeah, we will be taking a break. But, you know, you have us for the next six-ish months of shit talking. You lucky dogs. <laughs> you lucky people. And speaking of shit talking. Yeah. Sam, do you want to tell our listeners what our topic is today? I do. If you've clicked on this episode, you've probably picked up on it, but it is Polite Society, which is a film that came out in 2023. We chose we'll go into what the film is about in a bit, but we chose another film originally for this, we didn't did. we? Which was Poor Things, which has recently been nominated for a bunch of stuff and it's quite big right now, but it's so big right now that when we went to see it, we didn't book tickets and we couldn't get in. Yeah. So, <laughs> this uh, is our backup Yes, choice. it was our backup choice. And it is also because we wanted to do an episode on this last year. We did. And the stars did not align with our uh, Now TV memberships and other things and mm-hmm. the availability of this film. And in many ways, it was a more exciting choice than Poor Things because mm. because it almost was a little bit under the radar mm-hmm. and hasn't had quite as much attention, and, but it's still kind of fun and interesting and different. So we were yes. really pleased in many ways that we got a chance to watch this film. So sure. it may have been a backup plan, but it was not a second choice. No, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you picked some wine. I have picked some to wine. To go with this. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Because it looks very tempting. It is pretty tempting. So before we go to the wine, just really briefly, Polite Society, if you've not heard of it, if you've not seen it, is a 2023 action comedy film. It follows two sisters, one of whom, Rhea, wants to be a stunt woman. She's in she's school age, probably about 15, 16 and her elder sister is a art school dropout who suddenly gets sort of well whisked away into this whirlwind romance and Rhea does not trust this person mm-hmm. and it kind of follows a a series of madcap adventures that are hijinks yes hijinks yeah in the style of sort of spaghetti western or kung fu films where Rhea is determined to prove that Salim and his mother Rahila are basically evil spoiler alert she's not wrong <laughs> so there are a lot of fight sequences and especially because she wants to be a stunt person that is a big part of her identity is her martial arts and her boxing and everything so I chose a new wine off of M&S. Mm. M&S has some new wines, so... Strap in. Strap in. This is the Little Joey Marsupial Marvel Pinot Noir 2023. And the reason I chose this is because it has a uh, pugilist 
Joey kangaroo on there. It's got a roo with boxing gloves. Yep. yep. And I thought that that was funny. It is a knockout red from southeastern Australia. <laughs> a classy middleweight with a silky body bursting with deft touches and a few tasty hooks. So I felt like the label very much matched with the tone of this film. It's a little yeah. bit tongue-in-cheek, punchy, yeah. amusing. It is a Pinot Noir. There are also several scenes with red wine in them. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, it is fruity, soft and easy drinking. Uh, tastes of wild strawberries and fresh herbs. Okay. Uh, goes well with lean meat, salmon and pasta. A vibrant and aromatic Australian Pinot Noir with flavours of juicy red fruits and sage. Enjoy this versatile style with barbecue foods, grilled vegetables, or salads. So food. Nice. It doesn't look like a particularly jammy one. Though, no. I mean, it's not very thick. But I would go with medium, since it's a middleweight. That's red. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome back, baby. Ooh, I like you. Mm-hmm. That's nice. It is fruity. It definitely is fruity. And strawberry-y. Yeah, you were actually... It's a fair point. You really can taste the strawberries. Yeah. So that could go really well, or we could be really sick of it in about two glasses' time. Yeah. Yeah. We shall see. Only one way to find out. And so that again is the little Joey off of MNS. Does not specify whether it is a Sue. Can you do it in an Australian accent? For no. Me? Why? Because I, ca- I can't do accents. Do it. No. Just for me. No. Oh. Little Joey. That wasn't bad. Little Joey. Little Joey. <laughs> Yours is better. Anyway. Mm. So you've given us a synopsis of the film so we know incredibly brief yes yeah but you know there's we can get into some of the more mm-hmm. i would say nuanced points it doesn't feel like a particularly nuanced film in, in many ways more like grab you by the back of the head and smash you into a picture frame kind yeah. of nuance but yeah. yeah yeah so when we chose to watch this what were you expecting and did this deliver what you were expecting i was expecting funny action film yeah i got funny action film perfect i definitely seem to recall when it when i first heard about it that there were a lot of comparisons to a kind of pride and prejudice jane austen thing which i think is to do with like that there is a there is a line in it about like you're you're pulling you're pulling a jane austen and it's the sisters thing and it's so society yeah society etc and i (laughs) i have to say i was pleased that that wasn't like really overt i think that there was an element of like some of that in there because and it did also remind me of even though i've not seen it but what i have seen of pride and prejudice pride and prejudice and zombies the Mm. fight scenes in that Mm -hmm. but i was really glad that it wasn't really overt it was very subtle unlike most things in this film i wasn't expecting it to be quite as madcap (laughs) as it was yeah it was very camp and yeah like it was proper b-movie kind of plot where it's like really unbelievable at one point and you're yeah. like what the fuck is going on almost like panto-y kind yeah. of levels of... and i wasn't expecting yeah. that i thought that it took it a little bit more serious like i knew that it was going to be like action comedy and i was thinking i was thinking of like the spy and stuff like right. that but i didn't realize that it was going to be quite so almost sort of princess bridey in its silliness and again i i was pleasantly surprised by that mm-hmm. what about you like you action comedy but the humor in it was very i i it felt like scott pilgrim to me or yes. kick-ass or one yeah. of those kind yeah, of action yeah, yeah. films which was not what i was expecting because i think i'd seen more of the kind of martial arts fight scene element of it and mm-hmm. it was this kind of 
crossover film like it was a heist movie as mm-hmm. well it was an action movie it was a comedy it was like a body horror as well yeah um, which unexpected very unexpected <laughs> yeah um so it did surprise me but i was also surprised by how much i enjoyed it yeah it was really genuinely laugh out loud funny at one point i did laugh out loud in fact a couple of times but at one point that i'm particularly thinking of i did laugh out loud (laughs) and even though that there was you know like quite a dark in many ways plot i didn't feel stressed or scared whilst watching it like i'm almost disappointed that i didn't get to see this in the cinema because this is such a cinema movie even though there was all this stuff going on it felt joyful and it does almost make me think of that you know when we went to see barbie and the chase scene in barbie and how that's quite silly and tongue-in-cheek a lot of that feels echoed in this and a lot of the threat is both life-threatening and also really really stupid basically yeah so on the one hand you've got like Hila threatening to kill someone with a gun and on the other hand, you've got her forcefully waxing someone's legs with <laughs> yeah, her yeah. goon henchmen of beauticians. And Who it's are just... also martial artists and fight, like, three-on-one fight down at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. like, that that level of, like, comedy and silliness, you never really felt like anything super bad was going to happen because no. you knew that this film was not taking itself so seriously in terms of the straight linear plot and i think that it is taking itself seriously in a lot of other things i think Mm. you know the messages behind it and some of the questions that it raises i think are serious but i think it's asking serious questions in a really funny and enjoyable way that you can just enjoy and for so many reasons not least that this follows a south asian family and you know stars predominantly women in this film and everything like that for all those reasons like I, it's it was so great and refreshing and enjoyable that it wasn't it wasn't super sad it wasn't super dramatic it wasn't super dark and fucking gritty if i have no. to see another dark gritty reboot or something i will <laughs> claw my eyes out it wasn't a trauma film which, exactly thank fuck yeah and yeah. it and it could have been yeah could easily have been and it wasn't and i really really enjoyed that so yeah yeah i think it did good work what was what were the bits that made you you said there was a couple of bits that made you laugh out loud what were they that one character in particular just had some of the best lines. What was her friend's name? It was Clara. Alba. Alba and Clara. So Clara yeah. had some of the best lines. Oh, absolute bangers. Absolute yeah. bangers. And the first one that really made me laugh out loud was they were sitting there. So they, they are planning the takedown. Much like in Mean Girls when they plan the takedown. Of it was very yeah, reminiscent of the sitting around with the, yeah. Yeah, the um, And they sit there with a picture of the, the husband-to-be on a board. And Rhea says something along the lines of, Oh, you know, like he's he's the enemy, and Al Alba says, "Oh, he's you know he's he's a sleaze or something," and then she just goes poo face, <laughs> and then so that was the first one, yes. and I properly like guffawed. That was great. I did enjoy poo face. <laughs> and then later on, she has another excellent line. They all kind of get caught by their friends having a big hug and a moment in the school. Yeah. So they get caught by other people in their school, like having this moment, doing the high five. Yeah, and the other people in the school are like, "Oh my god, you're such virgins!" And they all turn around and yell things, but Clara in particular yells, "Your dad's a slag, your mum's a slag, your cat's a slag." (laughs) Edith, yeah. And I just, your cat's a slag, your cat's a slag. And I was just like, and I think this is one of the things that I I really loved about this film, not just Clara and the fact that she had some absolutely amazing lines, but I felt like a lot of the characters just got to be people. Yeah. Not super sexy 15-year-olds that somehow have designer clothes or 
super polite and they never ever say anything bad like yeah the amount of bastards and slags and <laughs> just general slang and stuff in this film made yeah. me laugh and the three friends Ria, Alba and Clara they felt like people I'd known at school like yeah. they didn't feel f- fake or forced together they were a little bit dweeby but they also weren't like super super nerdy or super no. super cool they were just but they also like f- made some fucking chloroform and d- broke into someone's yeah because teenage girls everything. are fucking smart yeah yeah exactly like teenage um, girls could run the world if but they i mean it'd be scary we all have center partings yeah. um Ooh. and we don't need that what about you what, what were some of your favorite lines yeah, I mean, I, I, I when I came here, I was like, I tried to take some notes when I was watching it. Literally, the first one I've got down is your dad's a slag, Edith. And then I didn't write down any other lines because I was just enjoying myself. I was enjoying myself too much. But that made me laugh. What was the bit? Your oh. father doesn't love you. <laughs> yeah, when they're having a fight. And it's like an actual fist fight. Also, I was really... Prefer- like, I know violence violence is not the answer but i was really refreshing to see an actual fight between two women that wasn't just slappy slappy bitch fight pull hair yeah i was quite no, they I quite really went that. for every yeah. single altercation in this yeah. and i really they, enjoyed that they really did um and what was there was a phrase that ria used when they were sitting around the dinner table and that ria and lena's parents like you could be the reception if someone's looking for a receptionist and ria was like she's not going to be a pencil wielding desk humping yes like desk humper or something like that and i was like that is such a turn of phrase yeah um, she had some yeah. beautiful turns of phrase she really did but again the idea of any teenager saying that to a parent <laughs> yeah i love that is hilarious yeah. and it felt yeah. particularly excellent in yeah. a story in which it's know, all about society it's and... also about society and politeness and all this yeah. sort of stuff and you're like absolutely lols yeah but yeah i love that there were so many. There were really like loads of funny bits. Yeah, it and, was. Oh, the bit with the when they were trying to get Lena in the lift in the trolley and they just pushed the button. Like, push, 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 I've pushed the fucking button. Look, I pushed the button. That was just such an excellent piece of physical comedy from both of them. Yeah, it, yeah, really good. And for it's quite a young cast and not yeah. like not an unknown cast. I think they've all been in stuff oh, before, and Bridgerton she's been in and, Lady yeah. Parts was part of it, and. Um, we are lady parts. The lady who plays Lena was in Umbrella Academy. Yeah. And, yeah. But it's still like quite a young cast. Yeah. Predominantly. And it did feel like comedy is hard. Comedy is very hard. I think it's quite easy to look sad and wistful. Especially as a teenager. Like, yeah. But to, to do time in comedy, honest delivery and physical comedy. Yeah. I think that they you know they absolutely nailed it in most of these scenes yeah. and i think kovacs who's the like bully, bully. quote-unquote yeah. bully who ends up you know being part of the crew also was excellent at really some of these good. lines like there is a point at which she confronts rear at school and then tells her that she's docked 10 house points and she goes you can't dock house points and she just kind of does that superman pose and points <laughs> to her library wanted card <laughs> yeah. and you're like you're not even a fucking prefect no i but, thought i thought it was going to be prefect or like head girl or something but no and it just library it, it was just so like it was great it's a really good example of giving a lot of importance to something and gravitas to something and you fully believe it in this world yeah i, I could spend a long time just picking up on lots of little idea little things that I really enjoyed and you know spoiling the ending here but I'd, I'd absolutely watch this film again like repeatedly yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed it yeah for sure it's the kind of like if this was out when I was 
at the age of having sleepovers, mm-hmm. this would be like a sleepover classic, I think. I mean, we but had a sleepover last year, but all right. Well, I know that. <laughs> we don't do it on the regs, do we? Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> 2024, baby. Um, yeah, but it was, yeah, it was really good. It was a really good film. Here's a question, though. So we've talked about... We've talked about the sort of summary of the plot and we've made allusions to the ending. Mm-hmm. And again, spoilers if you haven't watched it. But a couple of the reviews that I read said that kind of the movie's biggest drawback was the weird switch in plot at the end. Do you want to give a summary of what that plot ends up being? And do you think that's a fair thing to say that it let the rest of the film down? I absolutely don't think it left <laughs> let the film down. Just to be really clear here, yeah. I actually fucking loved it was the plot switcheroo yeah. because I was like, "What? <laughs> this yeah. is amazing yeah. and ridiculous." Yeah. And it felt like reading <laughs> like a ridiculous novel that you are just having fun with. It like, felt like a graphic novel, like exactly. Like a, yeah. And so yes, the the switcheroo is that. For all this, like, oh, he seems, you know, this family seems a bit weird and what's going on. And I don't, I don't want my sister to get married because she's actually an artist and I want her to follow her dreams. And not settle for marriage. And not settle for marriage. And this is, you think, oh, this is just going to be sort of a coming of age thing where she learns to accept that other people's dreams are different to hers. No, no, no. So she goes to Ramila's house. Ramila is the mother of the groom-to-be. Yes. To apologise for basically being an unhinged teenager. Mm -hmm. And Ramila... Oh, the condoms. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> she plants condoms the, in She fills the up the entire way. That really fucking got me as a scene of like... So she was like, funny. obviously, such an idiot. Just went, I'm just going to fill these up with hand lotion. Such an innocent. The entire way. Such yeah, an anyway, innocent. carry on. Yeah, so she... She goes to Ramila's house to apologise. Ramila pulls her inside and says, like, come join me for a spa day in a really creepy way. Mm-hmm. And then midway through the spa day, she insists that Rhea get waxed and then has her people hold her down and waxes her and tells her that nothing's going to get in her way of, like, plotting this marriage between her son and Lena, the, the elder sister. And in trying to escape, Rhea discovers a secret lab in which, <laughs> for reasons, for reasons, in which Ramila and Salim, so groom to be and mother, have been testing women's genetics so at weird. parties to see who would be the optimum breeder, Ugh. and then making selections. So drugging and testing these pe- these women as well, like sort of snapping X-rays as they walk into their house. Yes, it, yeah, really for weird. every woman, yeah. and then it gets worse. Because the reasoning behind that is not to determine that who would be a suitable bride to have children, mm-hmm. which is weird enough on its own. Ramula reveals this Ramula. is after um, after all the yeah sorry I keep saying Ramila because I got it convinced yeah. in my head that there's an M in there. Yeah. She reveals that actually they are looking for the perfect vessel to impregnate. <laughs> She uses the word vessel. I know she does. I know. To impregnate with a clone of Rahila herself be- so that she can live to her full destiny because she was basically sold into a marriage as soon as she left school and never got to be all the things. And the only thing that she ever loved was her son. And her son loves her so much that he's willing to basically father her clone. 
Well, I don't think she... He's not like, he's not, but like, be the parent of her clone. I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. how his first wife died. Although, actually, I'd like to point out, he specifically says last wife. Yeah. Not first wife. No, last, last wife. wife. How many have there been? My he's last Duchess. My last Duchess. Yeah. yeah. And right, Browning, settle down. It's fucking batshit. <laughs> it's just batshit. They're like, oh, yeah, like, it's not a clone. And then Rhea storms the wedding with a gun. And then I counted how many shots. Did you count how many shots? It was five and she should have been out of bullets. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why was... And then, so they try to, so Rahila tries to kill Rhea and force Lena to marry Salim so that her super powerful uterus. Oh my God. 1.8 times as powerful <laughs> as, as like, like it's a cleaning product. I know, I know. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, I haven't even got into all this kind of creepy mummy, mummy son stuff. But yes, oh, yeah. it's an absolutely batshit plot twist and I absolutely fucking loved it. So you don't feel like it detracted from the film? I think it added to it, <laughs> personally. Yeah. I think it's what takes it from a good story and a good film. Yeah too like funny and memorable and makes it the camp memorable camp that it is yeah because i think if you left it at she just she's just having a bit of a hard time and maybe he's a bit of a dick and i actually thought that the i mean sure it did did it have to be clone babies no but i thought that the randomness of it the but also that the idea of you know the legacy and, and unfulfilled potential and stuff which is is really a theme of the lives of these women in yeah. all of these women in this film yeah and there's a lot of you should be doing this kind of yeah. Thing. yeah yeah i thought i thought that that was such a interesting way to raise that comment <laughs> whilst also making it funny and memorable and mad and completely unexpected and it's yeah. a long time since i've been completely blindsided by a film this is a film with a lot of very talkable points i think so um loved it <clears throat> yeah yeah i'm really glad we did it um yeah i mean I, I i will admit that that was so out there that it did kind of take me a minute to be like hang on hang on what but had this film not had things like there's a fight sequence between lena and Rhea in in their broom and every fe- every fight sequence comes up with like khan versus and then whoever it is and then mm. khan versus khan it's a massively messy fight doors get smashed lena smacks ria's head into a photo frame and she gets covered in blood and then they just sort of go about their day and go back down to see their parents and the parents just like clean up the mess and then the in the next scene the, she doesn't have the, an injury there's no injury and i don't think that's a continuity thing i think that was just like you have to have you have to be able to suspend your disbelief yeah in this film. it was a choice yeah and when you realize that then you're like okay you know yeah that does work that this 50 year old woman is going to clone herself inside her son uh, yeah, son's sure. wife of course yeah. yeah why and that they have all this technology and they're this elaborate and every single person in their immediate orbit is absolutely in cahoots with yes yeah. including yeah. the fact that the wedding guests yeah chase them down yeah yeah like yeah of course makes perfect sense naturally naturally yeah and you know there's a dance sequence for reasons which i think is also there are like this is not i would not say from my knowledge, which is not much, please correct me if I'm wrong, this is not a typical Bollywood movie. No. But there are Bollywood elements that are brought into Definitely it, such as elaborate by... dance numbers. Yeah. 
but it was also just like, what? <laughs> We're going to put on a dance number while we chloroform and, and steal your sister. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I loved the dance yeah. number, as did Winnie. Absolutely. <laughs> captivated. Captivated. Quite that, literally. That she... green and gold. Oh, fucking fit. Oh, so beautiful. So lovely. But genuinely, she yeah. was just like, oh my God, what's happening? Um, Tiny colours. But yeah, it was. It was like, let's take all of the... Like I say, the most sort of outlandish and campist and most out there. And it's not like out there in the sense that it's wacky and ridiculous. But I keep coming back to the word vibrant and, and stuff because I think that it's not about it's not about these things being odd or stupid or childish or anything like that. It's it's more about them just being like the most fun and interesting parts of so many different films. The fun is the word, yeah. Like a dance scene is a really fun part of a Bollywood film. And like the the titles is a really fun part of like spaghetti westerns it's something that you really enjoy yeah the choreographed fight scenes with the blood and the gore is the fun part of a lot of action films and kung fu films the, the matrix x-esque slow-mo yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. it's not about it's not really about the continuity of the head no. wound and so they were like well what's the most fun part of this let's just yeah. do that fuck it let's do that and by doing that i think said more about said more of what they wanted to say than in trying to focus in on the drama and yeah. doing the continuity because the other way that this could have gone is that they did focus on the continuity and they didn't and they took away all those like well not all but some of those fun elements yeah but they still had these un you know uncharacteristic careers um supposedly and this this struggle between like identity and marriage and losing your sister and all this sort of stuff they could have explored all those things and female rage and, and lost potential and mm. being forced into something that you're not really sure of because that's what tradition dictates that you should do. They could have done all these things and we would have been like, that was a really good and important and serious film and it was fucking depressing and I never mm-hmm. want to watch it again mm. and it will fall under the bracket of all these other very good and serious and important films. That make very good points. That make, make very good sad. points but make you feel sad so you don't want to watch them. They're not, you're not going to recommend them to your friends. Yeah. They're not box office hits hits and unfortunately due to the society that we're in they don't gain as much traction when they're not about Keira Knightley and on that mic drop I think probably time for a break we'll cry and organize our thoughts have a wee and then we'll come back after the break to talk more about polite society and the little joey red wine So we're back from the break. We are still drinking the something Joey, little Joey, little Joey, little Joey, red wine off of Australia. In case you hadn't picked that up, Pinot yeah. Noir, in fact. Kim, how are you finding this punchy red wine? The marsupial marvel. Oh, I am finding it very enjoyable and drinkable. It is very easy drinking. Mm. It is therefore also very mild. Like mm. it's not, a, as you said earlier, it's not a jammy red. It's not punchy in the sense that it's full bodied and really heavy. Mm-hmm. It's much more sort of light and quick on its feet. And nimble. Yes. Jack be nimble, Jack be quick. Yes. Jack can slap me with his big fat dick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know where that came from. Oh, oh my gosh. I don't know why I'm ever surprised <laughs> with some of the shit that you say. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. 
Good. Did you enjoy the wine? <laughs> it's alright. It's alright. Yeah. Yes. Little Joey wine, so far, so good. It's a very nice Pinot Noir. It's not too dry. It's not too tangy. Yeah. I enjoy. Yeah. You seem to be enjoying it as well. I am. Given that it's a red, I take this as a compliment. Yeah, it is a red. My favourite red is from Southeast Australia. So I do like an, well, a Southeast Australian red. How niche. It's not niche. But definitely New World reds are my preferred one. And this is very nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Smart. 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 Nice. And like you say, it's very light and doesn't give you mouth coat. Yes. My teeth do not feel fuzzy. So, polite society. We were talking about that. We were. We were talking about that. <laughs> you know who's not polite society? You. <laughs> no. I am, um, I am a menace to society. Yes. Before the break, we gave you a somewhat rambling overview of our opinions of the film and sort of what we liked about it. We haven't really talked that much about what we didn't like about it because there wasn't <clears> a lot that we didn't like about it. Nope. Some of the criticisms that the film had. But I think it'd be fun to get into a little bit more of the themes. We kind of mentioned them earlier on. Yeah. And I know that you did a little bit of reading around the subject. What would you say are the main themes of this film beyond ass kicking? <laughs> beyond just being a general badass. Yeah. So when I was watching it, I wrote down female rage and i wrote down sibling jealousy and then i read an interview with the director nida mazor and she, she also said, wrote it and she wrote it and she did uh, we are lady parts mm-hmm. as well and she brought up all the the themes of hero worship and various other things were brought up but i thought it'd be interesting for us specifically to talk about female rage mm-hmm. sisterhood and female friendship and kind of how that's portrayed in the film mm-hmm. and i think it would be good to talk about those things yes but I want to start with female rage because you wrote it down and also I think that it is interesting. It also seems to be vaguely a through line of some of our more recent episodes at the end of season five. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine why. There's <laughs> well, absolutely, to be angry about. There's absolutely nothing going on in the world to make yeah. women angry. Yeah. Everything's fine. completely fine. Just I grow mean, your tiny plants and leave it. Chill out. Way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Fucking are you on your period or something? Always. But yeah, I want to talk about female rage. <laughs> Always, but specifically as relates to this yeah. film. And I think there's the obvious female rage. Yeah. This is women fighting things. Like, there yeah, are a lot of is... fight sequences. And that is a very overt reference to the ability of women to feel a lot of rage, to perform a lot of rage, to have a lot of physical fights. And you talked earlier, you know, the joy of seeing a physical fight yeah. between women it shouldn't feel good, but it does because. When you say that, it sounds so perverted. <laughs> well, <laughs> the shoe fits. Yeah, well, yeah, it's nice. um, but okay. like the fact that it's it's having women be able to outwardly express their anger, and I think in direct contrast to a lot of the things that we've talked about lately, in which it's all done sort of behind fans and closed doors, where you have to be sly and sneaky and a bit a bit sort of underhand whereas this Mm. is very much like rage in your face yeah oi slag (laughs) your dad's a slag (laughs) yeah yeah and i and it's not just confined to ria the stunt person yes or aspirational stunt person it is given to i think just about every woman in this film yeah including ria and nina's mother yeah including Rahila, including Clara and Alba, I think yep. also have 
some moments of like rage. I mean, I think that they maybe it's are, more understated. I think it's that... more understated. It's also they they confront it slightly differently, but it's yeah. still there. Yeah. Um, and I and obviously it is given to Lena as well. And actually, one of my favorite moments was Lena's unleashing of her rage against her groom to be. Yeah. Um, Celine. So I really liked, there's that obvious thing, but then I also think that it does a lot to explore the other way that that looks. The the craftiness, the the stuff that burbles underneath and how that can kind of just erupt or change the way you do things from being, you know, someone who might have viewed their life one way and then suddenly doing things that are opposite to maybe your morals and things. The obvious choice being here is Rahila and her rage at the way that her life shaped out has led her to do completely despicable things but i also think you've got lena and her anger with herself Mm -hmm. uh, uh, that makes her choose a path that she doesn't really believe in yeah and then you've also got even in ria she goes from we're gonna do this plan to take down this guy we're gonna start with diplomacy we're gonna have have a strongly worded letter and conversation yeah and then she goes to sabotage yeah and that's the point at which her friends are like whoa like this is not okay and that is the point which i think in a lesser film would have or a different kind of film not necessarily lesser but different less fun would have gone to like she's just having a hard time and she's having a moral quandary um which is that she she was crossing a line she is crossing a line between you know there is nothing wrong with this person to i'm gonna make there something wrong with this person and her friends call her out on that which is fair enough and then she she gets angry with them and you could follow that path to this is a problem with her and she needs to come to terms with everything mm-hmm. fortunately it didn't do that but i think that that was like an interesting point is of like yeah. she could, that's not who she is that's not who she wants to be what were your thoughts about female rage because i'm just rambling yeah i think what's interesting about you said is that when we've talked about certain female characters in the past on the show and and off pod you've always been like women don't need to be violent mm-hmm. to express their rage and this felt very much like a, sh- a, a, a show in which the rage was allowed to be mm-hmm. embodied and, and and took physical form and in fact the the interview that i read with the director she was like yeah i, I wanted to mm. show it i wanted it to come out do you think that was merited in this movie do you think i think it worked and i think that's a really good callback and thank you know like thank you for referencing that because i do i do have an issue with that the only way a woman can be seen as strong or angry is through physical violence and that i do not think that that is fair or representative of a lot of women and a lot of the uh, the ways a lot of people deal with things and are strong and i've always said like we all want to be hermione granger but probably more of us are bella swan like we're, we all want to be dealing with things in really like astute smart clever ways and snappy comments but probably Some most of us are just going to sit on the sofa and be sad but i think in this film the conceit of this film the way that this film is set up is really well done and it's almost like what you said earlier where like you very early on suspend your disbelief that this is part of the film and this is fine in the same way that you do in a James Bond film, like these normal people are suddenly super violent and completely capable. I felt like the violence in this film was given a frame to be violent and not pretty violent, but actually violent, whilst also not coming out of left field and not making non-violent people be violent for the sake of being seen as strong. 
which I think happens in a lot of YA films in particular especially dystopias the only way to prove that you can survive in a dystopia is to kill something which I don't love and also it was done in a way that like this ain't great way to handle things yes but it's also like the point you made earlier about how the parents are like oh just clean up yeah like it was like no you're allowed to express your feelings yeah good point so I, th- I thought that the context in which this was done was good. It didn't feel incongruous. It didn't feel forced. And it didn't feel disingenuous to people who do not express their emotion that way. And I think the fact is that Rhea in particular expresses her emotions in a lot of different ways in this film. And that like also situations resolved in more ways yeah. than just violence in this film. Yeah. Significantly. And communication was had and she had, you know, she had a pretty good dialogue with her parents all things considered, and it was rarely her first choice of action, even though she was a person well-versed in that. Yeah. And I think that all of that nuance gave, even though it was campy, the violence and authenticity that made it, like, it just sat right with me. Yeah, agreed. And I think in a different framing, it would have been, it would have felt out of place. And also I think it's an interesting fact that a lot of this rage, yes, there are other characters expressing it in different ways, like you said, with Rahila and Fatima and Lena. But so much of it is centred around Rhea as an adolescent. And adolescents are often quite angry because... There's a lot of swings. There's a lot of shit going on, both inside and outside their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it was just nice to... It was nice to see that expressed in a punchy way rather than just, I'm going to sit inside and write in my diary and cry. Yeah, or inflict violence on myself. Yeah, all that. Like or, or the, summon a poltergeist, you know, men, mental or physical. Yeah, and again, I guess this kind of come up, comes back to the, the title of the movie and everything else. Is like we are meant to be bigger than violence, and we are meant to not think these things, and we are meant to resolve things calmly as women and use our words. But also, sometimes you just really want to fucking punch someone in the throat. Yeah, and if it's okay for men to have movies where that happens all the time, why can't we have movies where that happens? It yeah, doesn't mean we're going to go and do it. No. But sometimes it's quite cathartic to be like, yes. Yeah. Punch your mother-in-law in the throat. That's exactly what I was thinking. But still. But yeah. So yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it was good and satisfying on a visceral level. It was satisfying on a visceral level. That's a very good point. Yes. The other thing is that in quite a lot of movies where there is violence perpetrated by or featuring a woman, it is sexualized. Mm-hmm. And this did not do that. It mm. was just punchy fight fight. And yeah. that was fine. And that was, well, not fine. But you know, that was like... It wasn't someone lying on the ground being like, oh my God, after she's yeah. been fucking slapped. There are no was, heaving bosoms. There was no heaving bosoms. At least if they were, they were well covered. Mm-hmm. So, you know. And I think that's another really good point about this film. And I think speaks to the quality of the directorship is that there was very little sexualization at all. Correct. If any, in a film that is genuinely about choosing women for their physical attributes. About a womb. <laughs> yeah. Like... Yeah. Yeah. And I do not feel like any characters. I do not feel like they were they were frumpy nope. or ignored for their beauty. Like nope. it, their beauty was not ignored. Their attra- you know, their femininity was not ignored. Nope. They weren't androgynous beings in fucking uh, camo, but they were. Even when they were buying and eating chickens raw, yeah, it was great. They were attractive, well dressed women, but not defined. Who had appreciations for makeup and beauty and clothing and all sorts of things. Who were not overly modest in some kind of weird puritanical way that made people uncomfortable. They weren't forced to be in clothing that they wouldn't have been wearing. 
they were just people yeah and they just got to like exist and be beautiful yeah or attractive or sporty or intelligent or techie or yeah it didn't even realize it yeah if that makes sense yeah which i think is how well it was done which is good so there are so many there are so many fights in this Mm -hmm. as we just talked about there are so many combat scenes but there is also a lot of heart and at the heart of all of these fights is love it is Rhea's love for her sister it Mm. is her love for her friends it's a very it celebrates female relationships and in fact there are very few male cast members Mm -hmm. there's Rhea and Lena's dad and there's Celine and that's pretty much it Mm -hmm. and like the guard oh yeah like token man with gun Mm -hmm. because obviously what do you think the director was trying to say about female friendship in this and how do you think that how well do you think that was done i don't know exactly what i think the director was trying to say but i think there was a lot of different ways to be a friend in this and different ways to be to show up for someone and there was a lot of disagreement and falling out and coming back together in very simple and subtle ways and like there were clashes and there were disagreements but there was ultimately at the core like this is this is what we're going to do and we're going to show up for people and i think that's true with ria and lena the sisters you know they had a they have a big falling out and they have a very much a, a clear disagreement about lena's future but they also first of all they should an absolutely beautiful sibling relationship between being like help me help me help me help literally me dragging her off the bed yeah. to come and help her yeah and that kind yeah. of you know as as a baby sister like that that idol worship that you have of your older sister and how cool she is and i think that that really carries through like your biggest fan is it's not always your sister not everyone was always as close to their sister as, as some people are but mm-hmm. like when someone is your biggest fan and you are that close to them they are your biggest fucking fan and bigger than you are for yourself and Rhea was ready to go to bat for Lena like at every single thing and and hated and hated the idea that Lena did not see that in herself yeah and I think that that is really beautiful and like obviously I've talked on the podcast about being very close to my sister I've also talked on the podcast about my sister having had a very difficult time and at one point and well i don't think i went into it quite that specifically but you know we talked about it in this way up that that really resonated with me and this also resonated with me because of that idea of like can you not see how wonderful you are to everyone and then the friendship side of things you know they also had fallings out but they it wasn't just like we will never speak again and it wasn't this big dramatic thing it was like all right fuck you we're going now no actually you're being a dick but like it's it's that very quickly repaired but with honest communication way that i really enjoyed and the the ride or die of it also the the bully to friend narrative felt good to watch because it was believable in the sense that i felt like you got enough of kovacs to understand them before they suddenly redeemed themselves yeah and you got enough about all of them together that they none of them were particularly the coolest people in the squad. Let's yeah. put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Like Kovacs wasn't some kind of Regina George Queen Bee no. who has everyone around her all the no. time. She was a person that wanted a friend and didn't have them and was able to pick on people. Yeah. And I don't know, I just like I always cheer in those moments where the person that you're like, you're kind of a dick, but you just want to be loved <laughs> comes through. And that yeah. moment where she comes through with the fire extinguisher, fire extinguisher, she's like, "I thought you guys might need some help," and I'm like, "I love you, yeah. oh bless yeah. you." 
And again, like they felt so true to being teenagers, mm. especially 15 year old teenagers. Yeah. Which is the age that I've described them now. Yeah. I don't know if that's accurate. <laughs> I feel like they were under the age of GCSEs. Yeah, I, they were around then. And uh, yeah, I just, I thought that they were great, basically. I thought that there was a lot of really good, but I also thought that there was, there was multi-generational examples of this. So for all that I focus in on Rhea and her friends, there's also the idea of like, it can be quite hard to feel left out of a circle, of circle mm. and you want to be friends with people and the importance of making friends at any age and I think um, Rhea and Lina's mum who made friends with Rahila and was really honoured to have been friends with Rahila and the group of people that she was in and the like the clear joy that she had in being that friend and that that was quite sad like Mm. that this woman was taking advantage of her basically but like how it can matter to you at any age to find people to connect with and that it was lovely that she had, you know, a family and, and she was obviously able to talk to her daughters. And I think that that was really nice. You know, mm. like, I, I think that it's nice to see that relationship. But I thought about, you know, how hard it can be when you don't have those friends at some age and how susceptible yeah. you are to being manipulated or railroaded, especially if you're a kind person. Yeah. And that was a little bit sad. So for all this film had a lot of wonderful beautiful things to say about the importance of friendship and sisterhood it also had something to say about how the absence of that can really expose you to harm and that we should basically be kinder it it felt to me like that was be kinder to people because it sucks to be without a friend also there was that random friend that she had at the eid party who we never and part of the reason that that reminded me of pride and prejudice it reminded me of the scene where Darcy arrives, Darcy and Bingley arrive at the ball and they're talking about like, oh, he owns the miserable half of Derbyshire and stuff like that. And it's it reminded me of Charlotte Lucas, Jane and Lizzie Bennet in that scene and how most of the time Lizzie Bennet and Jane are this unit. They are the best friends. They are like, they are the core because they literally share a bed. But Charlotte Lucas is considered Lizzie's like best friend and all this sort of stuff. And then they, they drift and they fall apart. And it's like, you do have core friends at social functions. And it reminded me of that and the idea of society and polite society and the polite society in the English world, how you would have friends that you would only see at balls or whatever. And like yeah, work like friends, part, basically. Part of your circle, but yeah. they're not, yeah. They're not but friends. yeah, like for me, it feels like work friends. Yeah. Like They're the people you see at the same events all the time. Yeah. Like, I know you. I wouldn't really hang out with you, but you're here, so I'll talk yeah. to you. Like, I have that cousin that I see all the time. Like, yeah. There. Yeah, I think it did a lot with a lot of different types of relationship, considering this, the time it had. And, you know, this is a less than two hour film. Mm-hmm. And considering that, and considering that the majority of the narrative is is based around these sisters, and obviously sisterhood being a huge thing, and, and you've talked about your, your relationship with your sister and how that is, there are very realistic elements of sisterhood that are portrayed in this. And for me, it's it's slightly different because there's a bigger age gap between mm-hmm. me and my sisters. But certainly the sister who's, who's nearest to me in age, even though she's still eight years older than me, there were parts of this that I was like, when you would just go into your sister's room and then just like dance at each other, that definitely done that. That was good fun. Or just sort of small chaos that's contained between you and your sister that your parents have nothing to do with. Mm-hmm. That is also, yeah, like a really real aspect. I think I was slightly frustrated 
by the oh she's fallen out with her friends and she's fallen out with everyone and now she's made up again because it was it felt a bit formulaic mm. and then obviously it was the yeah it's the yeah. third act it was the third act and also alma and alba sorry it is alba and clara make a point at various different bits throughout the movie of like commenting on narrative structure and being like oh she's down in the third half or like whatever they're having a third mm-hmm. half yeah good maths when they're having a fight or she's they're talking about lena being in her second act and mm-hmm. then she, when she gets to the third act she'll realize what's going on so for me for that kind of meta construction of the narrative to then have the oh you've upset your friends and they won't talk to you mm. aspect yes it was great from a teenager perspective because obviously that happens all the fucking time mm-hmm. but at the same time i was like see i kind of liked that because i was like like in hindsight i'm like teenagers think they're so fucking clever and they know everything mm. and they can't recognize it when they're in it same as yeah people, true, true. just people in general people <laughs> that person that, that people that people right yeah and no i agreed you know people but yeah i as self-aware I, as they like but generally they're not as self-aware as they think they are but yeah i agree with you it is the most formulaic part of this film yeah and it was the part that but it also did not fall at the two-thirds like it seemed mm. to be about halfway through and it gave enough time for them to construct the plot and, and mm-hmm. the, yeah the 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 heist plot as it were it didn't need to happen i think no I think her and her sister needed to fall out. Yeah, I don't think she needed to lose everyone. No, and I know that she didn't technically, but and there was an element of that, like 15-year-old, you have a fight. Mm. But it was almost like they could have disagreed, walked out, made up the next day. It didn't need to be a rock bottom as it was. But that's a very minor complaint. Yeah, no, agreed, Mm. agreed. And I think what... Do you know what I wrote down, actually? I love the parents in the first... 10 minutes and then I was like don't love the parents anymore <laughs> because I thought her mum the feeling of the re- the relationship between Rhea and her mum Fatima felt really believable mm. and respectful mm. and then there were some cracks that started being made about you know art school and things mm. like that but but then I think that that's the thing is like your relationship with your mum is never one thing or the other like, your mum's not your best friend new well for some people for, no, but for like, Salim <laughs> but yeah it was it, it did a lot in a short space of time mm-hmm. with that I think and I enjoyed them all but I will still always like Clara and Alba Alma. I would I, I will die for Clara yeah um, yeah and I I knew as soon as they came on scene that I'd enjoy them yeah like big fan the fashion was great the facial expressions were great the camaraderie oh, was great. Yeah, the fringe and the eyes. I just think that they, yeah, I, I that face. little trio, <laughs> they'll all go places. And you know what it made me think about was the way that the people who, and bearing in mind, I've not watched this show, but the way that a lot of the actors in sex education have really gone places. Yeah. It feels like that. It almost feels like we're watching a kernel of yeah greatness like blossoming grow. greatness yeah and i loved that like yeah. and i uh, you know some of that's just chemistry that the, the the casting cannot be denied here though there was clearly chemistry between those people um, yeah clara has my heart clara was excellent but I, I genuinely think that that trio and that french trio and having gone to a girl's school and all of that i was just oh very much God. like in it so i think that's a good closing point for the end of the show but before we give our film a rating which again was polite society let's talk about the little joey 
Oh, but that was not good. The small Joey. Wine. Pinot wee Noir. Joey. <laughs> the wee baby Joey. Off of 2023. The little Joey. Marsupial Marvel. Pinot Noir 2023. The knockout red. From okay, southeastern yeah. Australia. Yeah. Classy middleweight. Or the silky body. Blasting with a death. Yeah, you're doing it. You're doing it. Yes. To any Australian listeners that we have, I'm sorry. I'm not. (sighs) She made me do it. (laughs) This, again, was a medium body Pinot Noir, vegan from M&S, their new range. Very pleased with this experiment into it. Pairs with all food and tastes of strawberries and herbs. So it's, it's been a good bottle, as you can tell from our fucking inanities at this point in the, in the night. I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was surprisingly enjoyable red. And I'm going to give it a four. I also thought that it was delicious. I do think that for £9... Ooh, Calbarge. It was good, but not great. Mm-hmm. But I so enjoyed it, and actually that I do think that finding a good supermarket Pinot Noir for less than £12 is quite difficult, that I am also going to give it a four. Nice. Yeah. I think it's a solid start to the season. I agree. And, you know, this might be a big shock to some of our listeners if they've made it to this point. What did you think about Polite Uh, Society? I really enjoyed this film. And I knew that I would like it, but I didn't know that I would probably rank it as one that I would keep going back to Mm. in this way. I was unexpectedly delighted by it and I'd really like to almost immediately rewatch it so that I can get another view of it, which is rare for me in any circumstance. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Ooh. I think I'm not going to give it a five star because five grapes, sorry, because it's been six seasons. You'd think I'd get it by now. I couldn't say why I'm not giving it five grapes, except that I think much like a five grape book, there is a certain je ne sais quoi about a five graper. And your quoi was not je ne sais. My quoi was not je ne sais. But yeah, so 4.5 grapes for me for Polite Society, what which I, I, yeah, I really was not expecting to like it that much. We are coming out the gate strong. Well, this is, you know what? Everything else in 2024 is an absolute hellscape <laughs> and shit fire <laughs> trash. And this film and this wine give me hope. Perfect. What about you? Yeah, it was good. It, it did surprise me. It was silly and camp and fun and hilarious and I really like the performances and the soundtrack, which we haven't even touched on, was fucking banging. So I'm going to go 72.45. This has been episode one of season six. Well done if you've made it all the way through. Yes, of GC. We'll be back in two weeks' time with a brand new episode for you. In the meantime, if you have enjoyed what you've listened to, God help you. And also follow us on social media. We are on uh, Instagram at Grape Culture Podcast. We're on Twitter at Grape Culture Pod. Might be the other way round. Had a bottle of wine. Couldn't tell you. Or you could check out our website, which is grapeculturepodcast.co.uk. But we will see you soon for a brand new episode. Thank you for listening very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.